It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where a Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and it is time to meddle into your <laughs> pastors and family. Yeah. Yes, Pastor, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and if you've been having a brain cramp about how to honor your pastor, yeah. You know, I've been talking about that on Beyond Belief for, for the last couple of weeks about things, you, you know, what what do you do? Because I hear about some of these churches that give away vacations and cruises and all this stuff. But if you're a church that's got, you know, 35 people in it, you know, a cruise to the Caribbean is probably not going to be in your financial wheelhouse. And, you know, what do you do? Yeah. Well, sometimes you just got to just be real. I mean, that's the phrase that I've kept coming back on. Just be real. Yeah, that might mean dinner up on Lake Erie rather than a cruise. Yeah, it might mean a weekend at Mohican. It yeah. might mean just their favorite restaurant. Yeah. It might mean babysitting their kids for a weekend. Yes. Hey. hey. Yes. All right. So we're going to talk about five ways to support your pastor today. And you can take some of these, perhaps could be uh, helpful to you. And if if you have to leave in the middle, uh, I will have the show notes posted for you on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. And one more piece of housekeeping. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like us to cover, yes, we're always open to ideas. He's got one good left ear. I've got one good right ear. Between the two of us, we can hear most of what is said. So shoot us an email and let me know. You can always do that to scott at shinefmohio.com. Dot com. You could put it on our Facebook group, the Mansfield Ashland Worcester Facebook group. You can put that there too. All right. right. Housekeeping's yeah. out of the way. We muddle into five ways to support your pastor, and we start with Hebrews chapter 13. In verse 17, Scott, the writer of Hebrews says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy. Not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Exactly. Can you imagine your pastor having joy? Oh. When you look into his eyes, what do you see? Is he happy? Is he joyful? Or does it look like he's a little road worried? (laughs) You know, the happiest I saw my pastor? Was that? Was when the COVID things finally started releasing and everybody started coming back to church. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? I've enjoyed being able to share with you by YouTube and social media, but I really am glad you're sitting in these seats now. I'm so tired of talking to a camera. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. I I can appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you do because you do sessions by by Zoom and other things too. That's got to be a a little bit of a challenge to really try and read your client. Definitely. And uh, yesterday we did some supervision by Zoom. 
So, you know, I had... So, in other words, you were snooping on your staff? Well, that's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> we don't want them to know, nor do we want to get out that... Yeah. So, I, I could talk in their ear, too. Say, no, don't say that. Say that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, one of them is in Ashland, and, you know, one's here in Mansfield, and, and so... We Zoom and we talk about different uh, dynamics and cases that they may be stumped with and and help them along the way, and it's, it's really good. But the picture that I get from Zoom, even when I'm, doing, I'm treating a patient, is if you've watched a movie before and it looks as though the actor is right up against the camera and they're that close, they're like they're right there in your face, uh-huh. that's Zoom. That's, that's that's kinda like, it almost feels like an invasion of your own personal space. Yeah. When when it's that tight. The yeah. one thing you can count on is that they're not going to back you around the room because they're <laughs> in your face. Because they're really in your bubble, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, your one comment here, Tom, churches that intentionally create a culture of support for the pastor and their family tend to develop and maintain healthy relationships that allow for the congregation to thrive. Believe it or not, the body of Christ, the people sitting out there every Sunday morning, that acts a lot like a family. Yeah. So when you talk about it with churches, what kind of family do you want your church to be? Do you want it to be functional and healthy and connected or dysfunctional, disconnected and unhealthy? And you know, one of the other ones that's really important is that the unhealthy family can be rigid, meaning they don't change. And they might be kind of grouped. They're basically, you know, always in the same clique, so to speak. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of intermingling. They hang out with the eight people they know and... Anybody new comes in and, oh boy, you know, that's like trying to break, break into a clique in high school was. Right. Yeah. And so... When we begin to focus on and empower the the pastor and their family, we're taking a step toward healthy family and church being healthy and thriving that has somebody interested in it. Right. To yeah. get people to want to know what is this Jesus thing all about? Why are you right. so? What is this hope you've got that I haven't got? I want that. Our younger generation has seen the unhealthy family, the dysfunctional family in the body of Christ. And the body of Christ, the church has taken a black eye for it. Yeah. They've turned from it. Absolutely. So we want, we want to work on that. And one way to do that is to develop a healthy church family. Mm-hmm. So we dive into these five ways to support your pastor. Number one, temper unrealistic expectations. What? You mean the pastor can't be perfect? <laughs> if, he's, if he's not, he's out of here. That's right. right. Out the door you go. What? Yeah. You didn't like my color of the carpet? Well, where's yeah. where's the deacon at? In the New Testament, we cannot have a color like that, Scott. Oh, yeah, no. Can't you see that <laughs> green is not in there? It's just... <laughs> Some biblical. Oh, oh boy. boy. Yeah. But don't add to their pressure by expecting them to perform unwanted roles within the congregation, especially roles performed by the past pastor or family members. Well, our last pastor always sang during the church service. He has guitar up here. I want you to do that too. What if the pastor doesn't know how to play the guitar? And if they sang like me, you know, a joyful noise, <laughs> you know, they'd be scaring people away. Yeah, got that right. You know, maybe I exaggerated that a bit, but having expectations that, well, you know, our last pastor, he did this and this and this. So they're comparing 
Well, keep in mind, that pastor's not there and likely for a reason. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, we, you, you know, I think about this unrealistic unreal, expectations, and I think of the final words of a dying church. We've never done it that way before, or we've always done it this way. Take whichever way you want to take with that. Either one's not healthy. And we can't lose sight of the fact, this is shocking, Scott, but the pastor is actually human. No. There's no big S on his chest. Say it ain't so. <laughs> you mean he can't leap over tall steeples at a single bound? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, nor nor the podium. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yes. yes. Let another nice note here, Tom. Allow the pastor and, and and the family to use the gifts God gave them. Well, I think this is really in my wheelhouse, Scott. Thank you for saying that. Yes. We want to put the pastor as well in position to be successful. And then you can celebrate the successes. Yes, yes absolutely. And so why not use his strengths? Rather than expect him to do something else, it's like trying to put a square block in a round hole. Exactly. Somehow I just don't think that's going to work. Right. So it's critically important that we use their strengths. When you think about pastors, some are more oriented toward they want to preach, may have more of an administrative ability to them. There are others who have no idea about administration. They want someone else to handle that. And they're more relational. They are more visionary. So why not put them in a position where they can be successful? What's going to happen to them when we celebrate their success? They're going to thrive. And there will be joy right, in the ministry in Mudville. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Number two, prioritize a pastor support group. Now, is this like a counseling thing or is this just a, is it a pastor cheerleading team, for lack of a better word? Well, that's a good question. And Scott, what we're talking about, the organizational structure of some congregations actually have a group designed to advocate for the pastor and their family's needs. The pastoral care committee, maybe they might call it. So they're there to help support and defend the pastor. But I also want to say that it's also important. Pastors really can't go to their people and talk about, well, you know, my wife and I or my husband and I last night had a major breakdown and we had a horrible argument. That's not going to go well. You know, that will float its way around the church. we got to pray about this, but don't tell anybody. Uh, yeah. And the next thing you know. You'll never hear one of us repeating gossip, so make sure and listen close the first time. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The idea to support them outside of the church is good. At Heritage, I am actually in three different pastoral support groups. One in Ashland. Those guys, God bless them. And I hope some of you are out there listening. (laughs) I really mean that. God bless you guys. You have really been a great support to me at Heritage. And you know, I can go to them and we can talk. Then also here in Mansfield, God bless the wolves in Mansfield here. That has I've been a member of the one in Mansfield since probably 1999, and it's just been very rich. It's so good. There are pastors there that can share, and they talk. They want to talk to me. Sometimes I talk to them. They talk to each other. And, you know, they're so diverse in their theological basis, more than likely, 
we have you know Methodists and Baptists and you know Lutherans and but anyway the whole point there is what we embrace together in both Ashland and in in Mansfield is our love for Jesus and that he died on the cross for our sin. Right. Now the third one I'm involved with is Shelby and and that's actually just beginning to grow and they are not as on the fellowship side of things as they are in Mansfield or Ashland. So, but anyway, well, a newer group that's going to grow into things. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I'm thankful to be part of it. Yeah, that it just reminds me of something that you know your pastor may have a a friend, a college buddy, a theology school buddy, right, or something like that. You know, let them hang, encourage them to hang out together. Uh huh. You know, I know my pastor has a couple of friends that uh, you go talk to him. Uh huh. You know, go take a Sunday off. Let your buddy come and preach for you, and you go hang out with him and the other one and talk. And you know, having somebody outside, or maybe there is that trusted older, uh, that older adult that your pastor in the church can trust, right? Yeah, that can kind of be a mentor kind of thing. Uh huh. There's all kinds of ways to make to make that work, and you know, take the group seriously. Definitely. Yeah, especially you know if there's a, a support group in the church, take them seriously and help them. Number three of our five ways to support your pastor. Now, this one can get – we're going to have to unpack this a little bit because it can take a lot of forms. Yeah. We've talked about it f- before. Support a sabbatical. Right. Okay, that's a big theological word. What's it mean? Well, to give them time away from the responsibilities of being a pastor. Well, they get two weeks of vacation. Tom, how much more do they need? <laughs> Okay, now we're talking about for six months. That's not too bad. <laughs> the other six months where they are dying to get to them, get two more paid weeks. Well, so the pastoral work is it's intense. It's draining. They experience that constantly. It draws pastors away from the family to care for others. They're drawn away. Well, yeah, it's like we're about to sit down to dinner and you know, Betty calls with a major crisis. She can't find her cat. <laughs> okay, that is a crisis. <laughs> another story for another time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and sometimes you know we now we have this is not the first time that we've made light of some of the things that that we as as a congregation think are emergencies, right? When they really can be handled with a call to somebody else or if we just be the right. adult in the room and handle it ourselves. Yeah. But yes, yes, if there is a crisis, deal with it. But that's also why you have elders or deacons in the church to help the pastor with that work. And we probably should let the listeners know, Scott, that our views here on the session are not necessarily those of the management of Shine <laughs> FMO. No, Mark has not heard this yet. So, yeah. Well, uh, and, uh, yeah, but um, understand that, you know, there are, uh, you need to give your pastor some time. And that's, yeah. what we, that's what this sabbatical really means is time away. And, yes, they get a vacation, but. You know, a vacation is a vacation. That's time with family. All right, so how does your pastor spiritually retool? Well, just and for one, the refreshing of it. How about the fact that they spend time with Jesus? Right. Maybe a one way to illustrate it, when I was in seminary, a number of my classes, my seminary classes, I had to sign off and agree that not only would I be in the scriptures for what we were doing in class, but also I would be in the scriptures for me and being fed 
before the Lord because we can spend so much time in the Word and doing things that will help prepare us for whether it was a sermon or to be in, in session to understand how applied theology works. But spending time with devotions, spending time worshiping, and allowing the brain to relax. If we don't, we're headed toward burnout. Right. You know, and I'm thinking as you're saying that, Tom, we buy the pastor all these books for his library, so he's got this really impressive array of books to go through for right. sermons. But when do you give him time to actually study them for himself for maybe right. study a little bit deeper? Right. And yeah. thus the need for a sabbatical. You know, you you go on retreats. Right. Your pastor needs a retreat too. And their family will benefit if we do. Right. So th- their needs to be together and we set that apart from regular church life that they get to go away and retreat i would say one of the most powerful retreats that the vice president and i did probably right around 2018 in there give or take maybe it might have been 19 i don't remember we were invited up to well basically was a pastor's retreat but what it really was was condo the they called it the lake level condo because it was on ground floor it was a basement of a house right on lake erie and what was so powerful about it was i think we were there maybe from sunday through thursday we came home thursday we did not have anything on the agenda nice it was just about relaxing yeah we you know had been through a difficult time we had time to pray about it, seek the Lord and and what we were going to do. And that was so awesome. Our pastors need that. They need to have it. You know, our pastor was talking about there's a retreat in, I think he said Kentucky. I was with him until he said a couple of these thoughts. He said, there's no Wi-Fi there. You're not allowed to use your phone there. And I'm going, oh, well, okay. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Praise yeah. the Lord and pass the pastrami. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The whole idea is that you go there and pray, you read the word, you enjoy nature. Yeah. See, that helps us regenerate because if the brain is acting like a muscle, it can get cramped and it can get overworked. And when we look at how we perceive life as, as a pastor, and if we internalize a lot of things that we that happen in the church we stuff them and we don't we don't process them we don't get them out that creates physical ailment in us that's we go back to our elementary level, uh, definition of stress right yeah right. that that is the definition of stress all right real quick tom how long uh-huh. what's a typical sabbatical are we talking every year they take a month off or is it every two years you take two or three or how does that work well, well typically it goes once every five years and sabbaticals typically last from two to three months so every five years if they had that kind of time then we're really being proactive about burnout because if you don't do that Rather than a sabbatical, you're probably going to have a pastoral search committee. And one is much cheaper than the other. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So as we move on in five ways to support your pastor, provide paid parental leave. Oh, you're meddling now, Tom. Oh, yeah. This is a benefit, you know, Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, stop and think about if the pastor's wife has a baby and 
the idea of spending time with the family and having time off, paid time off to, to be there, to support your wife and be there for your wife, wouldn't the pastor tell other husbands, hey, make sure you're there for your wife if when she gives birth? Well, Tom, they get two weeks of vacation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've now spent that how many times? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, you know, for the pastor's family, too, you know, for the for the kids. Right. You know, that's that's just really important stuff. And number five, protect your pastor's Sabbath day, whatever day of the week that is. You know, some pastors make it Saturday, some make it Monday. It it, it, it will vary, but support that Sabbath. How can we do that? Well, pastors must carve out other time to practice self-care. I, I have a uh, I'm aware of a pastor, a friend who really likes to fish. So he may find some pond or some body of water somewhere where he can just be out and enjoy God's creation and and fish. Okay, fishing's good. I could do that. Yeah. Uh, pastors vary in the day of the week that they use. Some, I, I think most traditionally, we would say it's usually Monday. It doesn't have to be. Right. You know, maybe some of them like Friday because it gives them a chance to rest before they head into Sunday. Exactly. So let them pick it. I know our pastor has, and maybe yours does too, aging parents. Uh-huh. They've got to take care of them. Our pastor will head down. He goes down to fr- on Friday. Right. Cuts their lawn, checks on them, and he's got a couple of brothers that help. So he goes down on Friday and spends that day with them. Right. And then he takes Monday off as his day off too. There. You know, that that way he gets to take care of his family. Right. And honor his parents by taking care of them while still taking care of himself. Isn't that huge and important? Yes. Yeah. We have to take care of our pastor. Absolutely. Now, there are a lot of other resources we can look at, Tom. And there is, you know, we you've heard on Shine FM, blessyourpastor.org is another spot that we have had on the air for a little while talking about that. Um, just find a way to honor them. Right. And don't forget your... Secondary pastors are the bad word, but your music Assistants pastor, or, your yeah. assistant pastor, the executive yeah. pastor, the youth pastor. Can uh, yeah. I tell you something? Your youth folks, your yeah. youth workers, they could use a little bit of love. They put up with your teenagers. That's true. Um, a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Having, having once been one, I can tell you that's, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to love on your youth pastors a little bit. All right, Tom, if someone needs to, I know you like to pastor pastors. That's you know, right. You mentioned being in pastor support groups. Um, if if a pastor needs a word with you, um, how can they start a conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And if you came in in the middle and you're kind of going, what in the world are these two nuts talking about? <laughs> you can go catch our show notes, the show doc, and see uh, and listen to the whole program again on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. 